Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 388. Got a lot of movies we're going to talk about today. Lego Ninjago, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, and Stronger. And the trailers Pitch Perfect 3 and Maze Runner 3. Which one of those Which one of those trilogies are we going to fight to go watch? Mm. Oh, I can't wait to discuss those. those now, two. if Pitch Perfect 3 had the death cure next to it, the way Maze Runner did, <laughs> I would have been pretty much on board Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. I'm sensing a mashup between those two. <laughs> <laughs> I've already vowed my goal in life, and if somebody makes this ahead of me, I will sue them, is I, I want to make a uh, step up and... Fast and Furious uh, parody called Step Up and Furious, where a dance team has to dance with cars to save terrorism or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know, I'm going <laughs> to. Or, or maybe to fight terrorism. <laughs> whatever. Save it, fight it. I don't give a shit. What's uh, an appropriate combo? Because the Pitch Perfect 3 thing, I kind of got the vibe. Like, that was like sort of Bring It On meets Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. That's like the vibe I got. <laughs> yeah, so they should be in a maze. In a Hunger yes. Games-like scenario. <laughs> and have to run. And have to fight and mm-hmm. run and kill each other and find a, a cure for whatever. Um, whatever zombie disease is <laughs> also <laughs> happening in the uh, in the Maze Runner universe. Oh, well, I want to say a couple of things here. Um, first of all, I quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, then that's not a couple of things. <laughs> that would just that, be one. That's one. Uh, no. Uh, Los Angeles Podcast Festival, October 6th through the 8th, guys. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's literally in a week and a half. Why don't we announce our guests? Um, yes. Comedy Film Nerds, we are going to have Lori Kilmartin and the always fabulous Joey McIntyre, yes, ladies and gentlemen, nice. bringing the sweet, sultry sounds of the new kids to the CFN <laughs> at the Biltmore. Uh, that's me. Fan favorite. Fan favorite. I I will try to get him to sing, as I always do, but he's very savvy now. He's on to yeah. me and knows how to just sort of deflect that and not do it. So if I, but my goal is to always to get him to sing and um, and Kevin Pollack to do uh, Christopher Walken. Yes. Those are my goals with those two people. So well, Kevin Pollack's a little easier. Because <laughs> he likes doing it. <laughs> he's, he's, he loves just busting it that where Joey's like, dude, I just got off tour. I don't need you to make me sing for your little podcast. Uh, I saw New Kids at the Hollywood Bowl this summer. They were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, how many other men were in the audience? Not the security guards and <laughs> <laughs> the guys on the beer. The guys on the beer was a dude. The guys on stage were all men. Um, yeah, it was just me. Yeah, <laughs> um, it sounds like I went alone. Yeah, um, being that my relationship ended, it felt like I was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it was. Um, so he, him, and Laurie Co. Martin are doing the show, and then of course the preview night is uh, October fifth at the Hollywood Improv. If you have a weekend, the three day pass that gets you access to those shows. So if you're coming in town and want to see some podcasts, uh, a little bonus the day early, go for it. Uh, I'll be bopping by there briefly at the beginning, but then I have to go record the Todd Glass show that night. Mm. Um, and uh, also, Earbuds is, uh, there was a little delay for whatever reason. Earbuds is now on Amazon. Yes. It was, it's been on iTunes since September 12th. Obviously, download it on, you know, if you, if you, but if you prefer the Amazon platform, please, please get it on Amazon and all, and positive reviews and yeah, that all helps. All that stuff helps. Some great reviews on iTunes, on IMDb, and then now we need reviews on Amazon as well. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been popping up in the, um, you know, it's been in the, the top, Hundred films, uh, documentaries at least on iTunes. It was mm-hmm. like in the 30s. It's bounced around, which has been uh, pretty pretty amazing. And there's also a couple other platforms. If you guys use like Google Play, it's there. And also, if you're uh, a gamer, it's also on the Steam platform. Mm-hmm. So because um, Steam also carries movies now, so you could also check it out there as well. Uh, yeah. So go. Go check it out, folks, on all of the uh, on all of the various platforms, and um, and like and you know push it out to all your friends and everything like that. That all right. that stuff is is really cool. So um, let's uh, introduce our guest. Let's introduce our guest. He, um, I met him. He's a writer and a panelist on the Jimmy Dore Show. 
has also been on the Aggressive Progressives on the Young Turks, a show both shows I've been on. That's where we met. We both just did a show, the Jimmy Dore Show, last night in Sweet San Diego, which was cool. It's a good time, Fantastic man. Fantastic yeah. show. Such a great show. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron Placone. Thanks, Graham. Good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, dude. So how um, how did you get involved with the Jimmy Show? So I was like on the road just like a road comic for a long time, but um, via a stand-up show opening for a guy named Lee Camp, mm. um, the Young Turks found me. Oh. And uh, I was doing this segment on uh, one of their affiliates' radio shows, and um, they were like, you should do a video version of that segment. Um, and it would be perfect for our network. And I was like, well, if you're offering me a spot on the Young Turks network, I'll start making videos. That seems <laughs> like a pretty <laughs> – I think I can do that. <laughs> I'm um, no idiot. I'll do what you want. Yeah, so I, I got on their network with, like, no presence on YouTube other than, like, a stand-up clip or two. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 I was, like, just, like, starting out pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was on their network, so I was doing, like, you know, like, political videos, like, just shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I would come to L.A., I would do whatever panel shows they Where would do. Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, but I was kind of on the road for like five years. Right. And uh, lived in a various variation of places, including Seattle, Pittsburgh, Nashville, and my car. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Like a good road comic. You yeah. lived in your car. <laughs> traveled yep. around. Did that for a hot minute. Um, but... So I was like making videos and I would go to LA and I would do some panel stuff. And I met Jimmy uh, on one of the TYT panel shows called The Point that I don't even think is around anymore. Mm-hmm. But we met there and we kind of just kept in touch. Whenever we'd be coming through LA, I'd try to meet up with him. So then when I moved here, you know, I just, whenever he would let me do panel, I would. Whenever he would let me do whatever, I would. And I just sort of kept showing up, eventually started writing some stuff for him. And then it just morphed into, you know, what it is now. Right. So That's awesome. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole team now that he's assembled. I mean, to come to San Diego, so there's all these cameras because you're obviously recording video and mm-hmm. audio because you release it. So he has a crew. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. crew. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a blast. And it just, it, you know, it was my first time doing the show live outside of L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done the Burbank show and, and the improv show a bunch. And those are awesome. And they're so the first time I did one at Burbank, I was like, oh my God, this is this is life changing. It's such a different, it's the most unique show I've ever done in terms of, you know, I've done plenty of shows with a packed audience that's hot and laughs at everything. That's great. Mm-hmm. But like the jokes we're making, the politics we're talking about, and then that you can just make a serious political point and it doesn't have to be funny and right. the audience just applauds. Yeah. I mean, Last night we were talking about, you know, spending extra money on war and vets and everything. And I just was like, you know, San Diego's a military town. And I was like, I, I don't I'm tired of this country spending all this money on wars. And then we have 22 suicides a day yeah. <laughs> from sending our, right, right, our right. men and women from PTSD. Oh, from PTSD. Yeah. And it was like, it's so cool. And then people stand up and, and clap and vets come up to me after the show. And it's just like, where else? You couldn't do that at just a regular comedy show. Yeah, there really is a sense of community about mm-hmm. it. And, and I think it like, you know, it's super rewarding for everybody involved with the show because it's just like, but it's the same type of reward because it's like we're reminded that we're not alone. You know, like and and the people that come, like I think there's there's that part of it for them too. They're reminded that they're not alone. Like, like no, a lot of people think this way. The corporate media wants to tell you that you're an outsider, right? But you're not. A lot of people feel this way. And, you know, when we're able to gather a couple hundred of them at a time in a, in a comedy forum, it's a special thing. You feel like you're crazy sometimes when you're like a progressive that's like mm-hmm. both parties are bullshit. Yeah. Like the corporate, the MSNBC is bullshit. CNN is bullshit. Well, now we have Jimmy in the festival, right? Yeah, Jimmy so. Doors at LA mm-hmm. Podfest. It's his mm-hmm. first time ever being there. I'm excited. Ron, It'll you'll be, be there. My first time ever attending. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm doing the first ever political vigilante. Jimmy Dore inspired me to start doing my YouTube show. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really cool. And and the the sense of the what going doing you know, being a panelist on these Jimmy Dore lives, the sense of community, i I'm like it's it's similar to the sense of community at Podfest, which you'll see. Like everybody down everyone like, oh this is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, all the, the the joke I always make it's three days where you don't have to explain to anybody what a podcast is, <laughs> you know, like because nice. yeah. I think a lot of podcast listeners obviously they've grown and become more popular, but they so many people, you know, 
especially in the early years, were just like all my family and friends just think, what is that? What's a pod? What are you listening? When is it on? What is this thing? And now it's like three days of everybody down with it. And to see these like nighttime foam corner and LA Podfest attendee fan pages on Facebook right. is great. And here everybody yeah. talking. Well, I'm fired up to see this and this. And well, that's um, the exciting thing about the medium is it is still, I wouldn't say it's like in the early adapter anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's moved on past that. But it's still kind of like, it's still in new-ish. the middle, I'd mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. which is like a really beautiful thing. That's why, like, when something like a serial happens, mm-hmm. you know, whether I enjoy it or not as a listener does not matter. The beautiful thing about something like that happening is it, it, it makes that bubble a little bigger. Right. When something like that happens, whether you enjoy it or not, is irrelevant. But what does happen is that more people now podcasts are part of their media diet and their daily lives. And they realize, like, wait a second, I can listen about whatever topic I want at any given day, at any given time. All I need is this one app, and the search tool is quite convenient, and I can do it right on my phone. (laughs) Why would I ever turn on the radio again? Uh, Eventually, that's going to be everybody. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're like kind of in the middle now. Whenever that bubble gets bigger, I, 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 it's exciting. Yeah, it is really exciting. So all right, let's get into some movies. Let's do it. So the Lego Ninjago movie. Now I saw this movie. This is the Lego movie seemed to be going smaller and smaller niche for audiences. Like you know the <laughs> the first Lego movie was a broad swath of different characters and you know story and plot and. Uh, um, it just kind of encompassed the whole Lego universe, and it was kind of a fun surprise. No one expected that movie to be as good as it was or as fun as it was. And then the Lego Batman movie. All right, we're a little more specific now. It's going to be the Batman world told through Legos. But now the Lego Ninjago movie is a specifically Lego property that has a show on Cartoon Network. But other than that, it's there's not much more there. It's... Uh, uh, we make the difference between family films and um, kids' films. This is squarely a kids' film. There's not too many adults that are really going to enjoy this movie. I mean, I went, I took my son to it. Uh, my daughter, who was 12, had, like, no interest in seeing it. And she liked the other Lego movies, so oh, she was interested. that's interesting. So yeah. She didn't want to see this one. She didn't want to see this one. And uh, um, it diverges a little bit from the TV series. Kids are not going to care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, you know, it is what it is. Um the interesting thing is um, Jackie Chan has a large presence in it. He, mm-hmm. There's like these live action wraparounds he's in and then he plays like the, the sensei in the actual um, movie. But uh, So he looks like he's kind of having fun. But at the end of the day, this movie is a kid's movie that really isn't on par with like the original Lego movie at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, let me. How do the how do the live action wraparounds work? I mean, do they make sense? Do they work, or are they clunky? Or they they were clunky for sure. Like it was, you know, the it's a kid wanders into you know a, a mysterious shop on Chinatown where you know Jackie Chan is the uh, proprietor, and he's showing him like you know the little um, weathered Legos of like this is the sensei, and this is you know this is the ninja, and this is let me tell you the story of how they you know fought off you know the Garmadon and you know all the villains and stuff like that. And then and then to flashback, or? and then and then, it, and then pretty much then the actual Lego movie starts. But you know, there's only with with these movies, it's. It was a lot of things you'd already seen before. Yes, everything was built with Legos. Everything blows up. Every like like it wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't a lot of newness to it. it. It felt like okay, you're milking a franchise, and now you're going a little too far. I don't think we needed a Lego mm. Ninjago movie. Like the Lego Batman movie was okay, but you know, Sarah, fir- that was the funniest. I, so, I had not seen any of them. But the first Lego movie was, I think. Uh, a really fun kind of surprise. No one expected it to be as good as as it actually was because it had that sense of just kind of fun. Um, this one, you know, they tried to make it kind of like a fun more, but also more action. Like there was a little bit of trivia where it said, uh, I was reading an article that said Jackie Chan did a lot on this movie where he played the live action wraparounds, he played a voice. But then he also helped choreograph the... Uh, fight scenes but I'm thinking well that's kind of ridiculous they're little Lego minifigures there there wasn't a lot to choreograph <laughs> you know there, that's, well yeah. that's not easy to do <laughs> I mean you really there wasn't there wasn't <laughs> let me put it this way there wasn't elaborate martial arts moves and, uh, <laughs> uh, that sequences. only an expert yeah, could do yeah that could choreograph so um I mean, a lot of famous, I mean, a lot of like comedian voices. Fred Armisen is in it. Kumail yes. Johnny's in it. Ali Wong's in it, who's been on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, I mean, everyone does a decent job. It's just, it's like, it, it really feels like it's a cash grab. It really was. Mm. It's like, well, this was this was a kind of a, uh, it had a good following on Cartoon Network as far as the TV show went. And the other two Lego movies did well. Why don't we just make another one and see what happens? So, Aaron, you look like you have some points to make here. Oh, I was just, uh, the plot just sounded a lot like the beginning of Gremlins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and basically the plot is it's like the big bad villain who keeps trying to um, conquer Ninjago City or whatever they they call it is uh, then his son is like the mysterious green ninja and then they face off and they have like those father son moments. Uh, there's one funny line that is in the trailer. He's like, "You ruined my life." He goes, "How could I ruin your life? I wasn't even there." So, like, <laughs> but like it, the movie needed more like funny lines like that, but they just it just it just wasn't there. Um, so, and then that plot line just went on for way too long. It's like I got it, yeah. The bad guy's the father. The uh, the green ninja's the son. They have father and son issues. Um, and it was weird how long the movie lingered on those things. Well, like, was it, it a long film overall? Like, it was, was it? a little. It was like an hour and forty minutes, and or forty-five minutes, where it really just needed to be ninety. It was okay. really. It's it's a Lego movie. It's we're, yeah. we're good at you know <laughs> in that eighty-five to ninety-minute range. So we're not making an opera here, right? Right. <laughs> this is a Lego movie. So this really feels like if you're a fan of. Uh, Lego Ninjago, um, as an adult or a child, you may enjoy this film, but it's really, really uh, a kid's movie for sure. Like, there's not a lot as far... Like, I was I was just really kind of bored by it. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas I actually enjoyed, like, the first one. And I thought the Batman one was okay, but I, the first one's still my favorite. All right. Was there at least, like, an end credit sequence where Jackie Chan is just... Like getting hurt stepping on Legos. You know what? <laughs> yeah, the, the that Legos would have been great. That was, that's hilarious. They, they did an end credit sequence uh, with Jackie Chan, and um, but it was like, well, this is all. It really felt like well, this is all we have. We'll just put this in here because oh. at the beginning of the movie, like the kid knocks over a bunch of stuff. Of course, he's you know he's in he's in like bull in a china shop kind of gag, and then Jackie Chan ca- he catches all of the uh, uh, the teacups that he knocked over. So. So the <laughs> the end gag reel is Jackie Chan not catching the teacups. Mm. So that's like okay, well you know if that's all you had, don't really need to put it in. It's not. It's you're not adding anything here. So all right. So, uh, so let's see. Let's hear about a movie I avoided: Kingsman: The Golden Circle. <laughs> um, oh God, is this movie bad? <laughs> uh, it is, uh, but it makes up for it by being way too long. Oh, perfect! So it's, um, it makes very little sense. Elton John is in it. Um, is he a villain? What, what no, does he do? He's he's. Does uh, he bring back the pinball wizard? That's his only <laughs> film credit I know about. No, so. he just literally. It felt like one of the producers is buddies with Elton John and like called in a favor. Hey, we got to get Elton, and Elton's like, okay, I'll come, but I'll you know I'll give you for three days or shooting right. or something like that. Um, it's um, it's where is this the golden circle, right? Okay, um, it. Let me bring up the information on this. It's Kingsman, the Golden Circle, right? Uh, it's directed by Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, who I like. Yeah, but, but I didn't like the first one, so I was sure, pretty sure I wasn't going to like the second one. Yeah, and and I know, I know, you and I didn't like it, and and many of the listeners were like, "Oh, I really liked it." You guys mm-hmm. missed the boat or whatever. I don't think I missed the boat on this <laughs> one. I think if you like the first one, you're not going to like the second right. one. There's some interesting stuff in the beginning where I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And Holly Berry's in it. There's a ton of people in it. Yeah, there's right? a ton of people in Channing Tatum's in it. Um, so uh, it's like, but it's two hours and 21 minutes. Wow. It needs to be an hour 45. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, and like it, Lego Ninjago. Like a little, and, and it really, <laughs> and you felt that you started to really, in the second act and third act, you're just like, yep, I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, come mm-hmm. on. Um, there's some okay, there's some okay stuff, but then it is so uneven. They introduce all of these things, and then uh, you know, wasn't there like an American version of like Kingsman, like yeah, the statesmen? statesmen. But, but they're cowboys. They're cowboys, so they're mm-hmm. all just like, 
So, of course, they get Jeff Bridges to just be all like, Jeff Bridges talking oh, out of doing the his, side of his mouth. Doing you know? his Jeff Bridges cowboy voice yeah, he does in every his, movie now. His weird mouth lip thing that he does now. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's that. Um, there's the dude from Narcos. That's not getting old. That's not getting old at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, you know, there's the guy from, uh, the actor from Narcos that I really like. Is He he's a, has a part in it. Julianne Moore's in it. Her character's kind of interesting because she she's plays. She's the villain, right? She's the villain. She's a, she's a drug kingpin who has all this money. She built this, like, 50s town in the middle of the jungle. And she's just, like, super nice. But she's really evil and does some mm. evil shit. And that's, like, kind of interesting. Like, what? that's an interesting villain, you know. Julianne Moore, she's a really good actress. To play this, like she built like a '50s town in the middle of the Amazon, some some jungle, said? something oh, like that's, that. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's so that's, that's actually funny. Right, that's a cool yeah. premise, yeah. and that's a cool like it. It sort of fits in this Kingsman world, right? So Samuel Jackson was the first, the villain in the first one. He was sort of the, you know, I don't, Car- cartoon character, cartoon character, you know, um, hip hop type icon, billionaire, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and so Julianne Moore was a really good villain, really different type of villain that we haven't seen before. Just this like, you know, Stepford wife psycho, you know, it's just, <laughs> so that was interesting. But then there's just so much shit that just goes on way too long. And then there's some scene pops. You're like, why is this scene in there? Mm-hmm. Why is this joke in there? So, you know, it's it's funny. It's when it comes out on DVD, you kind of want to see an editor's cut. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, you know, Mark Strong is great as Merlin. I really like Mark Strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's just so many little dumb things in there that you're just like, oh. See, I feel like that's when you know you're really not connecting with the movie, when you find yourself just completely removed, and you're just like, who made this decision? <laughs> yeah, right. yes, yes. Now, like, wow. at this point, this is not a thing that should be going on. Yeah, when you're doing that and looking at your phone. Yeah. Like, right. the time on your, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Right. And... Um, Even when you knew you had time to kill before a show, I had to, literally. I drove <laughs> down to San Diego to beat the traffic because the tra- traffic to San Diego can get awful. So I left er- in the afternoon, so it was only like two hours and change. And I got to a movie, you know. I was like, "This is great. I'm in time, plenty for the show." And then I was like, "God, I'd rather just sit in the parking oh, lot." Jesus, <laughs> I know. Can I, I saw just... my movie in San Diego too. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was. It's. It, it was nice to just like go to a theater on a whim and not have to worry about everything being sold out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was kind of. Cool. I know. So I mean, it was that was cool. It's Monday afternoon. The theater's not going to be full. Uh, it was comfortable seats. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I can sit wherever I want, kind of thing. Um, and but I was just really got bored with it. And there's little moments I'm trying to get in, you know, that I'm interested in because Colin Firth is a fine actor and there's all these, you know, these are really pretty good actors in a lot of this. Did it have a lot of that um, kind of anti-American satire in it? Oh, yeah. I mean, their depiction of the statesmen of Americans, like, it's that English, that old British thing. They think every American is a cowboy. Right. Who's just like, yeah, I want guns and whiskey. You know, like... um, and a rope. And a rope, you know, so there's a lot of, like, <laughs> Jeff Bridges, you know, is the head of their... Didn't they have lassos, too? Yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of them had a magic lasso that, that had <laughs> special powers, so I was just like, okay. I mean, who didn't have a high school buddy with a magic <laughs> lasso? <laughs> of course. We all, we've all had our magic lasso buddy <laughs> who always, you know, wants to go get jello shots and go to strip clubs. It's the same <laughs> guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was like... I can't imagine. I really, the people that really liked the first one and thought we were wrong, I mm. want to hear what you think. Right. <laughs> I really want to hear what you think about this one. I want you I want you to really, if you sign off on the two hours and 21 minutes of this bullshit, I want to know why. You need to fucking explain yourselves to this program. So, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine. Um, part of me was like, man, I wish I was on a, I wish I wasn't watching this now. I wish I was watching something else so that I could just watch this on a flight. Right. Because it would get me through a dumb flight. <laughs> it's fine on a dumb flight. But I could mm-hmm. even see myself on a dumb flight. Turning like, it off. Turning it off. Mm-hmm. Or just like reading a magazine while it's playing in the background or right. something like that. Or mm-hmm. just hoping it puts you to sleep. You're right. Like hoping yeah. it helps yeah. you doze off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Then it's a, then it does it's, then it's a fine plane movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then it's <laughs> it like all right, you did your job. <laughs> then it's cinema ambient. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. You want a little? This is fine cinema ambient. So, 
Which would be a good name for a punk band. Yeah. yeah. Aside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send us your punk bang, bang, band names, guys. Uh, but then, all right, so then a movie I, 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 when I left Kingsman, I was like, well, let me watch. And I watched maybe the first 15 minutes of Stronger, which looks good. It looks like it's Oscar contender. <laughs> We're starting to get an Oscar contender season. So, Ron, you saw it. Yes. What, what did you think? I saw Stronger, and uh, that wasn't my original plan uh, to see Stronger. I was going to see Battle of the Sexes. Oh, right. But, um, but it ended up like I, I had a set Friday night in West Hollywood. Me and my buddy were going to go catch a movie after. Uh, not much of a story. He showed up at the show because I was on later than I realized. I go, I do my set. We walk to the theater down the street in West Hollywood, and uh, we missed all the set times, so we just went to the deli across the street uh, <laughs> instead. But uh, so I, I thought about Stronger because uh, at the time, my girlfriend had been out of town. She's from Boston mm-hmm. area originally, Cape Cod, but um, she was out of town for a wedding. So I thought, well, I'll see a movie about Boston. That's where she is now. I miss her. Huh? This is, uh, and it might be an uplifting move. No, wait, no, it's not. I'm going to read the plot description now. Okay. This is not going to be an uplifting movie, but I'm going to go see it anyway. I'm committed. Um, so that's how I ended up seeing stronger. And, um, I liked it. Uh, it's about the, uh, you know, the Boston marathon bombing and it's about the the, actual guy, an actual guy, Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Mm -hmm. Bauman's the guy's name. Um, and he he loses his limbs, and what I liked about it was it it didn't really because it's based on Jeff Bauman's book Stronger. Uh huh. So that's and right. then and then John uh, Polano wrote the actual screenplay. Just to give everybody a little backstory. So Jake Gyllenhaal is playing Jeff Bauman in the film. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 I never read the guy's book. I mean, right. I, I remember it from the news, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I, I didn't remember those specifics of his story or anything like that. So it was kind of you know seeing it for the first time, uh, as far as having a backstory went for me. Um, but what I liked about it was that they didn't really. Um, they didn't really like like they made it clear that he was sort of dismissive of the I'm not I'm not a hero. Right. I'm not like why are you guys celebrating this? And they and they almost kind of um you know, they showed that how that type of hysteria happens and and the the patriotism mm. and 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 the nationalism and and but they they certainly didn't celebrate that. You know, I mean they showed it for what it was. They didn't make this huge statement one way or the other I felt like but you know they kind of showed it for what it was and they showed it more from his angle of just not wanting that spotlight like just this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life it has changed my life forever um I want to overcome it and I appreciate that you guys call me Boston Strong this, this is my home thank you um but I don't want to do an interview with Oprah. I don't want to, you know, right. like, like I don't necessarily want all that. But but then he also evolves on some things. Like at first he didn't want to meet the guy that um, that saved him. Like mm-hmm. he just he just like I don't want to relive it, relive any of that. But then he came around to no, I should meet this guy. Mm-hmm. This is a part of me. So you know, there, there's a certain like coming of age element to it, and and some growing pains. And then of course he has issues uh, with with his uh, lady friend. And then you know you kind of see I, I, just to interject, but like as and this is all from the trailer, so I'm not. This isn't a spoiler, but you see in the trailer, and this is also like in the first twenty minutes that I saw, he's kind of a fuck up. You know, mm-hmm. he's kind of a Boston guy, fuck up. You know, and the, the, they broke up because he's yep. more about drinking and watching the Red Sox than being a good boyfriend. You know, like he's a fuck up, and so um, this is like the starkest journey. A person could go on to figure out <laughs> to feel like they who need to change are. and who they are and change themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I want to ask you this: Do you feel like, Ron, um, that this? Is, do you feel like there because is going to be some Oscar nominations coming out of this movie for maybe Jake Gyllenhaal and maybe the girl, or do you feel like it's just a good film? Or I could see. Um... I could see the actress getting a supporting. Uh, it's so focused on him, and yeah, I could see him getting the Oscar nominee. Right. So yeah. it's they're, they're, the performances are really good. Yeah, the, I, I mean, mm. their performances were really good. Um, his performance, you know, I mean, just showing, just the whole like 
you could relate. I mean, not not relate firsthand, obviously, but but you could imagine the actual pain this guy mm-hmm. was going through. I mean, in the scenes yeah, where an emotional he, connection. Yeah, it, like like especially sure. like the scenes where he was going through physical therapy and stuff. You're like, oh yeah, that would be brutal. What that's like, and and, and just the way he's straining like his torso to try to. You know, move around. You have around. to relearn your entire yeah you everything. Have to, you have to relearn everything. You have to realize you're doing this without legs now, and you know the way that a- actor portrayed it. It was very you know you could really feel it. It's interesting too because the the director David Gordon Green. I mean, he did Pineapple Express. He did yeah. You, you wouldn't think <laughs> he'd be the sitter, first choice. He did Joe. I mean, like our brand is Crisis, and then. You know, he's done a fair amount of TV, you know, Vice Principals and and Red Oaks and stuff. So, yeah, I wouldn't pick him to do this, but it seems like he did a pretty, pretty solid job, right? As a director, you feel? I I liked it. I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes films like that, um, you know, like film. And when I say like that, I just mean based on historical events. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you almost feel like. The family or whoever just sort of paid off Hollywood to to tell this certain story, you know. Like, like I'm thinking of something like, um, uh, what was the Blind Side about that football right. player? I mean, right. that 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 was just a, a ridiculous portrayal of events mm-hmm. that that just painted this family in this like altruistic. Uh, Either the family did, or Hollywood goes, oh, we need to, we want to tell it this way. We want to yeah. Hollywood it. Yeah, up. Well, yeah we want to leave mm-hmm. this out or whatever. And the thing t- to that point, like. That key word based yeah. on a true story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I they mean, just take a lot of liberty. But like one of the things that I thought was accurate when it first happens and the whole family, there's a scene, the whole family is in the ER and he's lost his legs mm-hmm. and they're arguing with each other. They're fighting with each yeah. other. It's not everyone because, you know, in a crisis like that, some people rise to the occasion. Some people lose their shit, and and I can't blame anyone for losing their shit. Like how there's no playbook for like, oh your son or your, <laughs> you know your best friend or your brother or whatever has has lost his legs, and this this his boss from Costco comes in, and they just attack. You know they're all yeah, bossed they in. The guy, yeah, yeah, you get the fuck out. What are you saying? You got a scam. You got a lawyer. You fucking. You know they're all jumping down his throat, and you're like, it felt very. Real, um, you know, that was a, an area where, and again, I haven't read the book, but where I could have seen Hollywood, like, showing the whole family rallying around. Right. And it's like, yeah. that's not what happened. That's yeah. not the humanity of this. They could have made it some overly sentimental cheese fest. They certainly did not do that. Mm. They they told, like, the visceral story, um, you know, and, and I felt like the whole cast did a really good job. And and there there were elements of humor relief in that, sure. too. I mean, the scene you just referenced, you know, there's also, like, and, you know, I, I don't want to give away too much of the film, but, like, you know, at the end, when they find out that, you know, the manager's not a bad guy. Right. They're just like, ah, oh, what'd you bring? What, what, yeah, 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 because he brought food. Because he brought oh. food for everyone. And they thought he was so. a reporter. Oh, you got, that's what they do. They bring in food to trick you. And then he mm-hmm. kind of lays out why he's actually there, and he's actually there to, to help. And they're like, oh, yeah, thanks for the muffins. Like, yeah. <laughs> because that's the other thing, too. It was an accurate portrayal of a sort of blue-collar family. They're not going to walk up and go, hey, we're going through a real tough time. I'm sorry. We're just, they just, they're going to, oh, yeah, all right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Now, how was, like, the pacing and, like, the tone of the movie? Like, was it well put together or were there places where, oh, they, like, when Graham's watching Kinsman, Kingsman, uh, you could have taken that out or that didn't need to be there or that didn't fit. Like, how, how was it put together as a film? You know what? I, I felt like there was just the right amount of touch of, you know, because you would have flashbacks in a movie mm-hmm. like that, right, where he goes back to the event. Right. Um, they really didn't overdo that. Um, mm-hmm. They showed examples of, of when he was probably, you know, when he had his biggest bouts with PTSD and and what that was like he would lose his temper he would mm-hmm. you know uh they would have little just little tidbits that really told the story from his side where you know uh there was one scene where everybody's in the other room you know they they have small living quarters you know and uh everyone's in the other room talking about how he's going to throw the first pitch out and they're like celebrating and they're yelling over to him meanwhile he's in the bathroom just you know trying to take a shit and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's not easy for him anymore, right. you know. It, it, that that's just a hard task that you know he ends up on the floor, um, oh, wow. and it's like so, 
So the kind of tone is there where there's this, you know, not that anybody in the family is necessarily ill-intentioned or that anybody's ill-intentioned, but that, you know, what really happened to this guy versus the, uh, you know, kind of media response and and where it gets, you know, kind of... uh, kind of mismatched and, and how something like that happens in someone's life. And and mm-hmm. so so I was um I, I it never lost me and it never well, um good. you know and it wasn't too long. Well mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. twenty five minutes shorter than goddamn Kingsman. Right. <laughs> like there there you go. This movie, like there's no reason Kingsman needs to be longer than this story. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's no <laughs> earthly reason for this. So, um, well, no one had a magic lasso, though. Yeah, no one had glasses <laughs> that could, you know, get 4K TV or whatever. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. All right, so I, I, I definitely want to check this out. And it's, um, I mean, going to, so Joey McIntyre uh, ran in that race, he and he crossed the finish line like ten minutes or something before the explosion. Wow. And you know, I remember talking to him about it, and he was like, "Man, mm. it was really intense." And and being there and you know he's from Boston and it was like yeah. how it how it affected him and his family and all that stuff so that's to me why just the the trailer and the 20 minutes i saw felt felt accurate felt real felt like it wasn't didn't get the hollywood polish on it right. you know Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I, I saw the movie with my cousin because I, I was in San Diego before the Jimmy Dore show, mm-hmm. and my cousin lives in San Diego. So I saw it with him and his wife, and I, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this podcast. And, you know, so I told them about it. And, and then so after the movie, my cousin just looks at me, and he's like, well, if if you're supposed to try to make that funny, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can seriously talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I was like, no, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, all right. So we have an ad. ad. We have our Patreon ad, Frightfully Uninformed. We are a podcast that watches mostly classic horror movies to figure out horror movie fandom. Frightfullyuninformed.com. That is the $50 Patreon tier. Uh, it is a limited tier, but we there are plenty. There's plenty of room right now if you want to take advantage of it. Fifty dollars a month gets you uh, pretty much an ad read on every single show. We mention your name and your URL. And just so you know, like if some of you have signed up, I know I think one one or two of you have signed up for it this month, so you won't get charged until the first of next month. So you'll get charged October first, and that after that is when it'll take an effect. Right uh, for your your pay that's for all Patreon rewards mm-hmm. don't go in effect until your card gets charged the first time. So right, um, and we appreciate all you Patreon yeah. supporters and uh, those of you that uh, uh, haven't uh, supported yet. Please consider it. It definitely helps us keeps us going and keeps us afloat. Um, we are at about what are we at like eleven hundred right now somewhere in there. Yeah. And you know our next goal is two thousand to really get us more uh, help in the office and with the company. So. We are a little over halfway there, but we need your help to get further. All right, let's talk about some trailers. Ooh. A Pitch Perfect 3, the trilogy. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if this was ever planned, like when they made the first one. There's no as way. A, uh, no. There's no way. <laughs> I will say this, though. I haven't seen any of these movies, but some of the people that watch this or listen to this show and hopefully watch on YouTube mm-hmm. um, say that they're actually fun. Yeah, they, they look like they're fun they, movies. They look like they're fun movies. And honestly, this trailer... It looks like the most fun of all of them. Like the right. first one, I felt like just the trailer. I'm just going off the trailer. It looked like maybe they were taking themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. The second one was like maybe this is just a money grab. But this feel, I mean, I don't know. I laughed out loud in this trailer. Then yeah, no, it was funny. There's more. I don't know. It's got, you, it's got a lot of funny people in it. Too. There were some funny lines in it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there were some. Yeah. Have you seen any of the pitches? Pitch? I have not. Mm. I have not All seen right. any of the pitches. All right, so now we're going to have to watch the first two to catch us up before we see yeah, the we third gotta, one. Yeah, we got to. You don't want to get lost. I Aaron? think there's a lot of depth to that plot, yeah. so we got to. I saw the first one. It's fine. I don't know. It, it's 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 not bad. It's not like a waste of your time, mm-hmm. but it's not like. It's not a kid. It's not one. something that needs the third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, an, I'm anti-acapella, this whole acapella thing. All around, it's just like all right. Oh, fucking so you went in with some baggage. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of baggage, Maze Runner: The Death Cure. Oh my god, I I can't believe they're still making these movies. I saw the first two. Uh, they there, make... that's why you yeah, you're the yeah, problem. Yeah, Chris. yeah that's I know. Why. <laughs> that's why I saw the first two. I, I I remember being so angry after the first one because I was so excited to see it. I was like, oh, this looks so cool. They're trapped in a maze. I've Teenagers s- in peril. They have to run. There's monsters. I'm on board. And what these movies are, 
are a complete mishmash of better things. Like uh, there's <laughs> zombies. There are there's Hunger Games. There's sci-fi elements. There's all these things. There's an actor from Game of Thrones. So, you know, you put all those together mm-hmm. and you think, well, there's going to be something redeeming here. No, there isn't. Everything is put together incorrectly. So uh, these movies are literally, um, they're, they're a mess. They're a complete mess. And that being said, uh, I feel like it's 50, like 50 Shades of Grey. kind of have to see the next one. So uh, I'll take the hit on Maze Runner, The Death Cure. I love the title because it also makes no sense. It like perfectly personifies this entire series of like the death cure. What's the death cure? Oh God! I think as we talked about, it really should be Pitch Perfect Three: The Death Cure. Yes, that would that I would see. That would be yeah. So I want to see a Maze Runner Pitch Perfect mashup. I want to see these kids get to the inner sanctum of the maze, and then there's and like, they have to sing. So the cure is in the song. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> that's what. Yeah. That's <laughs> what, <laughs> down to. what I what I love too about oh. the Maze Runner trailer is it's clear the trailer editors also had no idea what was going on. It's like, all right, well, let's put a Mad Max scene in. Let's put a, <laughs> a somebody game. running. Escape uh, from New York. Mention the maze. Show the guy from Game of Thrones and uh, put in a train and Ugh. then um, say a couple lines of dialogue that will have no bearing on the actual film. Yeah. it's. I mean, all it needs is just like a, you know, like a caped crusader to just show up at the final frame of the trailer to be like, oh. <gasps> Like no way, yeah. Captain Marvel! You're <laughs> now here. You'll, like, just, now you'll save everybody. Thor just showed up. Oh. No, he's in the maze. Like <laughs> no, you didn't. Like it's well. Sometimes those mashups are just so like kind of absurd that you're just like, well, I gotta no more like hey this movie <laughs> yeah. is saw meets my big fat greek wedding what but well i yeah i'm listening that's the yeah. only way i would see a saw movie by the way if it was a, a saw at the whatever his name is jigsaw jigsaw is comes to the wedding who invited this guy it's, it's a reimagining <laughs> yeah so why why is the why is the rehearsal dinner in this weird yeah. warehouse <laughs> and why are we chained to the chairs oh, we like, have to do what to get our food yeah. <laughs> Greek tradition <laughs> all right jigsaw <laughs> so so Ron um, just real briefly what kind of movies do you like what kind what, of what what genre? genre ooh my favorite genre well my favorite movie's Fight Club. Oh, uh, nice. So, okay. Yeah. Which... I know there's a big split on Fight Club. There's like people like, oh, it's so stupid, and then people that really like it. I, you know what? I, I got bit by the bug like in, uh, I guess it was high school, and then it never really let go. That would be a movie that I would just like kind of pick up and watch at any point in any time, and I'll still do that to this day. Um, David Fincher directed it. That's why yes. when people are like, oh, I'm like, it's David Fincher, man. He's, I don't know. I really like it. Yeah. And it's based on uh, the novel, so... Yeah, so I guess I like kind of like psychological, like sort of, and then like time PC type stuff. Like I'm thinking of like some of my favorite movies, like Quadrophenia is one of my favorite mm, movies. Okay. Uh, although I didn't care for Tommy the film, mm-hmm. but uh, Quadrophenia is like you know that's one a weird of my split. Favorites. That's an yeah, interesting split that you <laughs> did like. I've never, I don't yeah. ever heard anyone say they like Quadrophenia and didn't like Tommy. I didn't like Tommy the movie, liked Tommy the album. Quadrophenia as an album, just okay, but the film's great. So wow. yeah, I'm a little. I'm a so little. Let's just talk and, about the Who now. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> we can have a Who spoiler. So are the kids all right? <laughs> are they okay? Uh, what? So all right. That's so. Are you? You're a fairly big music fan. I am. Yeah. What yeah, music, music movies or docs are your? You know, do you really like? Ooh. Well, um, you know, Kurt and Courtney's a classic. Uh, that guy does some fantastic work, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm forgetting his name off the top. It's like Nick something, mm-hmm. Nick Bloomfield, or or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, yeah. 1991 was another good one. Um, let's see, what are some? Uh, the Punk Singer was a newer one that I thought was really good, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my favorite music documentaries that that's pretty contemporary now that helped me discover this band is uh, a documentary called A Band Called Death, mm. which is about uh, one of the first punk bands out of Detroit, Michigan. But to be clear, not the Death Cure. Not the Death Cure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, Nick Broomfield is the one who directed Broomfield, Kurt, okay. All right, Kurt I was and close. Courtney. He's also done uh, Tales from the Grim Sleeper, Sex, My British Job, like Sarah Palin, You Betcha. He's a pretty solid documentarian who's done a yeah. bunch of stuff. Yeah, he, he did some good work. And, and he did the he, documentary. He did the Biggie and Tupac. 
documentary? Yes, yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. And he, he did the one uh, about um, uh, the movie Monster, the murderer that that movie was based on. Oh, Eileen Warnos. Yes, oh, yes, right. he did that too. Uh, and that, that was a fantastic documentary. He did a, uh, the unofficial biography of Margaret Thatcher. Um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Eileen Warrell's The Selling of a Serial Killer is the documentary you're talking yes. about. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and that, that's a phenomenal one. And and I actually like the I like the movie Monster as well. Christina yeah. Ricci is one right. of my favorite actresses. So oh, she is so underrated. She's yeah, I agree. She's one of those like how does she not have just a a just a shelf of I'm trying to remember Oscars? Yeah, I saw that movie. What character was she in? She was, she was the, the kind of love interest. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. She's so like, cause I, she was my first crush. Like, like I had a crush on her mm-hmm. and right. Adam's family values when I was like eight years old, mm-hmm. and she was like twelve or whatever. It's <laughs> so also, by the way, Patty Jenkins directed right. Monster. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. nice Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Christina Ricci, man, what is she? She's done some really she's cool st- work. Yeah, she's she's still kind of like a does a bunch of indie stuff still. Yeah, yeah. She's doing TV. She's doing Z, the beginning of everything, uh, the Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Uh, but she was in the movie Mothers and Daughters. Um, you know, she was in the Smurfs too. <laughs> That's okay. The but film she, version mm-hmm. of Prozac Nation I really enjoyed too. Uh, like I like I liked it better than the book actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. And she was in that. She did All that. Right. All right. So let's talk about some DVDs and Blu-rays. Let's Transformers: The Last Night. Um, wouldn't that be great if it was the last Transformers movie? Yeah, <laughs> but be, it's, not, it's not. I tried one of them and put me to sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I couldn't do it. Well, yeah, it's you're, you know, either it'll either put you to sleep or make you angry. It'll be one of those two. <laughs> it was uh, cinema ambient. There for will, me. Yeah, there will be no joy in watching any of these films. I think it's uh, sort of like a, um, like if you're somebody with repressed rage. <laughs> and you need to get it out. It's sort of like a rage epicac. <laughs> <laughs> a rage epicac. That's the first time we've used that word on this. Never program, had too. never had epicac on the show. No, first time. All right. Uh, because rage epicac. How do you spell that? Because of all the explosions. Get it started, folks. <laughs> rage epicac. And the next movie is forty-seven meters down. This is the uh, shark movie that you saw pretty much almost the entire thing in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. There's no, yeah. You saw the trailer and you went, "Oh, I got it. I know yeah. what this shark movie is." They, they don't want to go. They don't want to go. They get convinced. They go down. There's sharks. They start to get pulled up. The sharks chase them. No, wait. Is this Sharknado esque? No, because I've admittedly seen two of the Sharknados in theater. Sharks, no. Sharknados <laughs> are are a blast. They are like, so if you fun. Know what no. the, the, this this movie is was really felt to like be. it was taking itself far too seriously. Yeah. Well, that was the first Sharknado, right? Like I think mm-hmm. the first one they were for real. And then when it got the response they did, they were like, "Oh, we gotta." It's like the guy that did the, the, the Sharknado right movies are like the guy that mm-hmm. did the room. Right, so he made the room thinking I'm going to be I'm going to this is a solid piece of film, and then people showed up and went, oh, this is the most ridiculous thing ever, and he was like, oh, I guess I'll just ride this wave because yeah. right, yeah, I was in on the joke. I meant it to do that. Right, yeah. yeah. Forty-seven <laughs> meters down, they're not Sharknado-y. They're not in on the joke. No, they're like they're like alien sharks too. Yeah. The way they they just they don't even behave like normal sharks. Like they're just you know CG. I, it feels like but Matthew assets. Modine and Mandy Moore in it. So there's an all-star. Oh, Matthew Modine. I wonder what he's been so, up to other than this. Was he like the- Stranger the, Things. He, yeah, Stranger Things. Oh, right. Uh, but he had to be like, he must have been like the boat captain or something. He's, yeah, yeah, he's the captain yeah. of the ship. Oh, that's great. He's their Quint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I'm talking you about- You got city uh, hands, Mr. Hooper. You've been counting money your whole life. <laughs> so, we also want to talk about the- um, uh, the site, the weekly film news is posted, and like we said at the top of the show, uh, Earbuds is now available on Amazon um, for sale, so you can definitely check it out there. The other thing I wanted to mention, I forgot in Earbuds, is it is on cable, but it's on periodically different cable systems. It's not everywhere yet. Like, I just called my family back east. It's on Comcast, but I don't see it at Spectrum here in L.A., and they said it's um, it's slowly propagating to all the different cable and satellite places. It just may not be there yet, but um, if you check, it might be there by now. Mm. So... All right. Uh, here's some some uh, fan feedback from the YouTube channel. If you go to youtube.com slash comedy film nerds. Guys, we're trying to build that channel up. So going there and just hitting the subscribe button and liking some videos really helps us. Yes. And sharing some of the videos. Uh, it's also a, a if you want to consume this show in 
shorter bursts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, uh, Frank Pulaski is cutting them. He's putting clips in there. Yep. So it's 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 really cool what's going on. Here's um, this is from the um, when we were discussing Mother before we saw it. When we were talking about going to see it with Dave Anthony, someone responded. Um, this is at uh, Lady 09 Giggles. Dave Anthony is right. You should still support uh, the movie no matter what because it is different and the director gives a damn. Uh, be warned. The trailer is deceitful and and is a biblical metaphor. Now you are wrong about Black Swan. The movie is awesome. LOL. <laughs> 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 All right. Now, I, that was before the movie came out. Yes. Christopher, you saw the movie. Your thoughts on that comment? Again, I, it's, um, I, I agree with the sentiment, not the content. It was a, it was a horrifying movie that I'm sorry I saw, oh. <laughs> and I don't say that very often. You know what reminded me of um, in the comedy film nerd's book, Matt Weinhold talks about horror movies, mm-hmm. and he said there's a certain threshold where some of his friends, when they see horror movies, there's certain parts where some at some point some movies are too much, and he was talking about where he had a friend, him and his friend saw The Human Centipede. Mm-hmm. And he was just quiet afterwards. And he's like, all right, well, I found my buddy's threshold. That's where the movie's end. Right. He can't watch anything like that. This was my threshold for Darren Aronofsky. Okay. This was, I, 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 I just, it was, it was too grim and gruesome and horrifying for me. Somebody commented, Jason Andrew commented on the Earbuds trailer. No mention of, oh, yeah, dude. Okay, motherfucker. <laughs> Download the fucking movie. The first part, spoiler alert, at the beginning of the movie, it says uh, iTunes has over 250,000 pod- 350. podcasts. If we don't get to yours, we're sorry. Yeah, bitch, that's the point. We don't mention, oh, yeah, you didn't. I'm still getting those fucking emails. <laughs> you should have included more podcasts from the UK. Well, you should have donated an extra $500,000 to the fucking <laughs> Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Why wasn't Kevin Smith or Adam Carolla in the movie? Oh, the guys that didn't respond to our emails? That's yeah. why they weren't in the fucking movie. Shut the fuck up and watch the goddamn movie and like it. Yes. <laughs> Have there been any comments about me being cut out? That is Only the, from you. Only from <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. But um, I, those are still up there at least. You know what I'm surprised to? <laughs> yeah, we haven't. You just trolled us. He just, Aaron just said, whoa, there should be more Aaron. Man, it doesn't make sense. Where's the producer from All Things Comedy? At least we haven't gotten the uh, the emails and comments about, uh, well, you shouldn't have put this podcast in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the opposite. You shouldn't have included this one. <laughs> what did you include? Shut the fuck up. It's a fucking hour and 40 minute movie. We can't get everybody in there. Mm-hmm. God. Although God knows we tried. Oh Christ, we tried. We had, you know, and uh, there's some podcasts that we had interviews scheduled, and then they like, oh, can't make it. Sorry, we we couldn't we couldn't get in there. We blew you off. That's why they're not in there. There's a few of those. Yeah, maybe sure. that's some. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> there was also uh, scheduling conflicts. There was a lot of uh, moving parts for the film. So. Um, How long did you, what did you want this to be, a 46-hour movie where we interview every one of your goddamn favorite podcasts? The, the, uh, one of the other- uh, Jason w- Andrew? I think one of, <laughs> one of the, <laughs> my other favorite ones uh, while we were shooting was, uh, well, when are you coming to fill in the blank town? Like, we were literally going to go to every single town in the country. That is the do, most uh, maddening thing to, about to keep your town have a podcast. Yes. Yes. We'll, <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there. The caravan is driving across America. So, All yeah, you need is a podcast not... <laughs> and a zip code. We're there. Well, that's the thing is the most maddening thing about just being a comedian. Anytime you say coming to this town or whatever, they'll be like, well, don't come. Like, I'm going to, to San Francisco and St. Louis and Chicago in October, right? Well, don't come to St. Louis. You should come to... Wichita. Come to Al- Albany. Yeah, that's how fucking tr- that's how booking a tour works. We just get in a car and drive and may knock on the door of a comedy club, and if they're and say, open, we do a show. Yep, that's it. <laughs> and, and then we let the the four of you know that email. Yes, the one. Then you'll bring your one buddy who kind of doesn't want to be there, and it'll be fantastic. There's no pre planning. There's no tickets, plane tickets to be bought. There's nothing that happens ahead of time, and especially when you're shooting a movie on three fucking continents, there's no planning at all involved. No. No, no, and uh, and also when you're doing it on a frayed shoestring, but uh, thanks I, for your comments, though, yeah. folks. I mean, <laughs> really appreciate it. So, um, <laughs> one of the things that always amazes me too, after we actually see the movie, the fact that we got to so many places on such a tight budget, the fact that we got to all it's the places we actually did. What we did, it's amazing what we did for the budget. Yeah. It's funny. I was just actually talking to uh, Sanai, uh, Sandy, big fan, Japan. That's why I wore this Japanese Batman shirt in honor mm-hmm. of her. And we were just talking about the shoot. And, you know, 
because I was, you know, I was like, you know, so now you're like, a, you're, you know, we're both like, you you know, she's like a friend now. She's not just somebody that yeah. listens to the show and it's really cool. She goes, yeah, when I first met you, obviously everything was all crazy because we were running around making that movie. And mm-hmm. I think about, I think about what we did just in Japan. Right. Having just come from Australia, Australia the Outback, yeah. flew mm-hmm. through Malaysia right. on Malaysian Airlines, which didn't have a great track record at that point. No, uh-uh. And then- And we, we st- where do we stop? Did we stop in Malaysia? Yeah, we did stopped we in Kuala Lumpur. We had a layover yeah. in Kuala Lumpur at like one in the morning. Yeah. And then- That was a weird airport. It was a weird airport. Yeah. And, but luckily everyone, they just had a plane crash, so the tickets were cheap. And yeah. no one was on the plane, so we all got um, poor man's upgrade, which is just have a row and coach to yourself. Right. You sleep <laughs> at. So, so, but you think about running around Japan with a camera crew, no permits, no nothing. Sanai and Andrea just like and Andy just give being our guide. Guides, we didn't mm-hmm. speak a lick of Japanese. Didn't right. know what we were doing. Just locking down a location in a foreign country without a permit that we don't know where it is and never seen before. But at least it was the <laughs> height of the rainy season. Right? Right? <laughs> 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 the fact we got anything done there is is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it was so it was such a cool experience. We got rained on a lot, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. So wait, when is? The rainy season in Japan, like June, May, June, June July, August. Whenever really? we shot, yeah, okay. it was the rainy season. Yeah, Interesting. Ju- May and Jaloon, June, Jaloon, mm-hmm. Jaloon. All right, yeah. so definitely June. So. That's when we were there. So, it was fucking raining. If you want to see every dime stretch to a dollar, that's what the you know the movie was a labor of love. That's one of the reasons it took so long to make. I mean, we were really doing it on a frayed shoestring, and we really uh, appreciate all the support you guys have been given through Kickstarter. And also, uh, you guys have been buying the film and putting great comments. We really appreciate yeah, it. It's really awesome. And and so know, thanks again, guys. All jokes aside, th- th- that is one of the coolest experiences. Chris and I have talked about this. Yeah, it's one Make- of the most coolest experiences of my life. Yeah, for sure. Was making that movie and specifically next going- to the birth of my children. It's been. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> the uh, one of the highlights. Was that trip? I always think about it too. Yeah. Uh, just just the way we did it and, you know, just the enriching experience. The other thing, too, is you think about what we did and how we did it. And it was the first time I'd ever been to Australia, first time I'd ever been to Japan. You know, you'll never have that experience mm-hmm. again of that kind of first time going, not just going there, but also but shooting there, too, and interviews and having a guide take you around. And it was just amazing and all Japan, the way around. So the first time either one of us had ever been to Japan. Like so, I had been to Australia before, and going there for the, to Australia for the first time is cool. But it's an English-speaking country. It's very right. you can. It's very adaptable. Mm. You just like okay. it's very westernized. It's so. I mean, it's it's it feels just like it's California on, with different driving on different sides of the streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and some accents. Japan, completely different culture, and not right. only that, but then meeting Sanai in person on camera for the first time, and then. The experience of running around getting these interviews and talking about heavy stuff, like how they dealt with the earthquake. Right, the tsunamis. And uh, and then me personally just having studied like a lot of Japanese martial arts and culture. To, like it was, it was, again, you'll never have that experience right. again. It was so mm-hmm. cool that we also ca- caught it on film. Like yeah. you and I nervous in the hotel room. That was mm-hmm. so real. We were so yeah. like, this is insane. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyway, that was a great experience. So, so. we want to go back and shoot a sequel. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> konnichiwa, Sandy, out there in uh, Hong Kong, Tokyo. So, um, all right. So, premiering this week. Yes. This is American Made. Now, I this see is, this. yeah, this looks good. This I want to see. This it. looks like one of those um, Tom Cruise vehicles that looks good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a, great, that's a great way to put it. I feel like. Now, there's already a review. Uh, CJ already saw it in in um, Australia so there's already a review on the site if you want to check it out so but I, I'm interested in seeing this movie too I'm also interested in just seeing the way this whole story is portrayed because we kind of know the story a little bit but um, I'm hoping the movie goes into like the details and ins and outs of with this arrangement the CIA made well, yeah it's it's um, it's based on a real guy uh, and as I've said before I like that the 80s cocaine crazy era is just fascinating to me how nuts it is. And so, like, I watched that show Narcos. I've watched a bunch of documentaries. I loved the movie Blow. And to hear this guy's story, and, and, and as you said, it's not – it's Doug Lyman is directing it. Right. So he's really good at action and, um, and like, good character arcs. It's not a Tom Cruise lackey. 
No, <laughs> that's the thing. It's not a Tom Cruise movie. It's a Doug right. Lyman movie with Tom Cruise. Right. And that's when I think Tom Cruise is at his best, actually. Right. When he doesn't come in and, and overtake Mummies it. it. Mummies <laughs> When he doesn't <laughs> mummy it up, then I think, it, then I think it's fantastic. Mm. So well, Doug Lyman did Edge of Tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Which was also a better Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Although I still think they should have kept the original title, All You Need Is Kill. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, and also Flatliners remake is also premiering this week. I think Kiefer Sutherland does a cameo in this movie. Uh, but here's the thing. It's a remake of a movie that was never that good in the first place. So you wonder, like, what? It just what, looks who like is... a fucking Final Destination movie. That's all it looks like to it... me. A bunch of kids running around getting de- getting dead. Well, ultimately, <laughs> that's, you know, I mean, Flatliners was like, you know, you see, like, is the mystery will did something come back with them when they came back? Well, no, we're going to try to flatline longer and, you know, it'll push it. But all, like I said, the, the original one was not really that well received. Uh, so it was, it, this is one of those head scratchers of like, really, this is what you've chosen to go into the vault and remake? And also, too, it's one of those trailers where you go, oh, I just, I saw the whole movie. I get it. Right. Mm-hmm. They all jump too much. Oh, it's crazy. That's they're getting thing. Oh, bad things start happening. Dead people start coming back All right. through. So the... now I can just go in at the last fifteen minutes and see what happens. Yeah, just see who dies and who and how you beat back the ghosts. Right. Or do you leave it cliffhanger for a stupid sequel? Or I wonder what the death cure is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is how they What this song is. are they gonna close with? <laughs> Yeah, are there wacky outtakes during the credits? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not interested in this film at all. Me either. Um, all so right. It might be American made. It's American made, kids. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to be. Or maybe go see. Uh, I want to see that documentary, Dolores, that we talked about, about um, the uh, Dolores Huerta. The, um, yeah, Dolores, the, the documentary um, that just came out about, uh, yeah, the, the the woman that started the in the 70s, the Farm Workers Union in California. Oh, okay. Uh, I've seen the trailer. It looks, it looks really amazing, and it's like somebody who, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the clips in the trailer is somebody going, it's a travesty, and it shows the sexism that this woman isn't studied in history class mm-hmm. of what she's accomplished and what she's done. So to me, I want to see that movie, and I want to I talk about it. So right. it's just, I tried to see it yesterday, but it was on, like, one screen in San Diego, and it wasn't at the right time, and so mm-hmm. uh, I want to try to check that out. All right. That's our show. That's it. Uh, Ron Placone, where can people find you on the internet? Any tour dates coming up? What do you got? Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Ron Placone, ronplacone.com for my dates. I will be in Colorado this week, Thursday night. I'll be at the Comedy Highlands Room, Friday at the Speakeasy in Longmont, and then Saturday back in Denver at the 3 uh, MCs Comedy Show. And I got a podcast on music and politics called Five Chords in the Truth. That's the number five chords in the truth. You can get that on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. Nice. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, L.A. Podfest preview night, October 5th at the Hollywood Improv. You can buy uh, weekend passes there if you don't have them already or if you have a weekend pass. Uh, you know, you can get those at LAPodfest.com. And then, of course, Los Angeles Podcast Festival, October 6th, 7th, we're doing comedy film nerds. Jimmy Dore show is there. Political vigilante. The dollop. My favorite murder. Um, uh, Monday morning podcast with Bill Burr. Monday morning podcast. Bill Girl. Tiger Belly with. Um, that's a first time show with Bobby Lee. Right. Uh, Bert Cast. Bert Kreischer is going to be in there mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah, it's going to be a great uh, festival this year. You know, and six then the, years the charm. Six years the charm, and you know, Doug loves movies. Yep. Never not funny. Mike Schmidt. And all. then also all of you uh, podcasters that are new and want to learn about podcasting, we have a great panel and workshop um, uh, schedule that's going to go pretty much from Friday all the way through to Sunday with uh, dual panels on Saturday and Sunday. So. A lot of really great information you can get about podcasting, too. Um, St. Louis, I'm coming uh, to do comedy for you uh, October 11th uh, at the Helium Comedy Club and also San Francisco October 10th. I'll be at the Punchline in San Francisco October 10th and the Helium on October 11th in St. Louis. And then I am headlining. I'm head, These are all headline dates for me. Uh, and then I'm headlining the Zanies in St. Charles, uh, way out there in the west suburbs of Chicago, and that's uh, October 12, 13, and 14. All my tour dates and everything are at GrahamElwood.com. 
go out and see him, St. Louis. Wear your Cardinals gear. Wear your Cardinals <laughs> gear. <laughs> Cubs probably will have clinched by mm-hmm. today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cubbies. Yeah. Cubbies. Shut Cubbies. Up. Right. Repeat. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Cubs are going to repeat as World Series champs. I said it. Um, last time they did this was 06, 07, 08. <laughs> Three-peat. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a couple years. Um, so check out all the tour dates and uh, go to LA PodFest. Sorry, guys, no live stream this year. It didn't make money last year, so we had to scrap it. Yep. Um, but if you want to see these shows, you got to come live. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's it. Thank you. you. Know, but if then, you know, if uh, 100,000 of you promise to buy the live stream, we'll bring it back last <laughs> year. So <laughs> 100,000 of you pre-order it. Yeah. <laughs> we will bring it back. <laughs> uh, so thank you to Aaron and everybody here at the ATC. Thank you to Ron Placone. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Because he had the death cure. <laughs> Pitch perfect. <laughs>